Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, in just the last few hours, the Senate Republican primary has basically been resolved in Pennsylvania because candidate David McCormick conceded to Dr. Mehmet Oz in the very closely deadlocked race, which had gone to a state-mandated recount. There were less than 1,000 votes dividing the pair. Oz, of course, was backed by former President Donald Trump, and now he will square off against Democrat John Fetterman in the November 9th midterm election to replace retiring Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Again, also McCormick called and conceded, made the call to Mehmet Oz, and this is indeed a very, very critical race for Republicans hoping to regain control of the Senate. So big news for Dr. Mehmet Oz, who will now square off against the Democrat in November. Meantime, speaking of President Trump, well, his former trade manager, Peter Navarro, was treated like he had robbed 5,000 banks today. It was shocking. And I want to get your thoughts tonight as to the disparity in treatment from the folks who have not been wanting to comply with the January 6th committee. Needless to say, it's extremely politically charged. The Republicans that are on there are all anti-Trumpers. They're not the ones that the Republicans in the Senate wanted. Kevin McCarthy had said, look, I'd like this person on the committee. I'd like this person on the committee. And guess what? They're not. On the January 6th committee. But today, Peter Navarro is at an airport and he gets basically averted from being on the plane. They put him in handcuffs. They put him in leg shackles and they arrest him. And to me, just the disparity in the way that they have treated folks tied to President Trump is outrageous. I want to hear your thoughts If you agree with me that it is so over the top that now anybody tied to President Trump and this January 6th committee, they are treating like they're terrorists. I mean, they are treating them worse than the guys who are on the terrorist watch list, basically, that have crossed the border. I mean, they are like so determined to go after anybody tied to President Trump. And to me... It's really over the top, and it's so politically charged. It looks so obvious, and it comes, of course, at the same time that we barely see anything happening to anybody tied to the, quote, summer of love. Remember all the protests that were taking place 
all over America where billions of dollars of damage occurred, where people died, where law enforcement were seriously injured, where a lot of people still haven't been able to even go back to their businesses yet. You know, we haven't really seen too much coming from that. And in fact, we've seen quite the opposite. We've seen Democrats really going after and supporting Bailing out those people. Remember, we saw President Joe Biden's campaign team was out there and they were actually helping with the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was bailing out the protesters that were, you know, burning up the police station and everything else. And then we also, of course, saw Kamala Harris, uh, who was saying, you know, those people are out there protesting and they should continue protesting. That was the same message that we heard from Nancy Pelosi. And they were condoning that. They were supporting that. And we haven't really seen any really severe repercussions tied to that. Very few. Very few. But, gosh, if you had anything to do with President Trump or January 6th, you are like a monster. You're like a terrorist. You're like a serial killer. I mean, how crazy is this? Because Peter Navarro, as he explained today, and he's not going down quietly, which is why I think they wanted to make an example of him. But Peter Navarro... Here he is, the trade advisor, basically, for President Trump, and he has said that he's supportive of the president, but he feels that this is a huge political vendetta, as I think it is, too. It's outrageous. And when you sit and you look at all the steps and what they're asking him is to come and testify, to also give some documentation, some paperwork, these are white-collar issues, These are right now are basically saying hand over documents. He even was talking, he said, with an FBI agent on Wednesday and said, you know what? Um, You know, if you need anything, let me know. I'm going to try to, you know, I don't agree with this, but I'm going to go through the courts. Uh, I want to fight this tooth and nail, but I'm going to go through the courts. It wasn't like he was MIA. He said he just talked to somebody earlier this week. And then it's almost like 24 hours later, they literally... Pull him, you know, he's right there at the airport. By the way, he lives right near FBI headquarters, so they could have even just gone to his house. They know where he lives. But instead, they, like, created this huge scene. They basically cuff him. They put the leg shackles on him. And he's, like, treated like uh, like worse than anybody I've ever seen tied to the summer of love. Those protesters, I'm being facetious, calling it the summer of love because it was the summer of hell. It was horrible. There was so much destruction and so much burning, and yet they're not going after those people. They're not saying, God, how terrible these people were. That's horrible what they did, blah, blah, blah. You're not even hearing any of that. All you are hearing is, let's go after anybody tied to Trump, 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 Trump. I mean, to me, this is so outrageous and so over the top. It reminded me a lot of the whole thing with Roger Stone. Remember when they went to the house with the, you know, the armed guards and the SWAT team and all this other stuff? Again, if you look at what they're going after them for, it's not complying with the subpoena. This is not armed robbery. They're treating repeat offenders that have used guns and a whole bunch of other things in New York City a lot better than they're treating Peter Navarro. I mean, that is outrageous. Outrageous. Take a listen. Here is Peter Navarro describing today after he got processed and booked and all that other stuff. Here he is describing what happened to him. Take a listen. And instead of coming to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the FBI, instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court, 
we've got a warrant for you. I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. By the way, just historical note, I was in John Hinckley's cell. They seem to think that that was like an important historical note. Okay? That's punitive. That, that what they did to me today violated the Constitution. How outrageous is that for somebody who is not complying with an obviously politically charged committee? I mean, this is out. It's just stunning to me, just the disparity. And guess what? The dog and pony show is only just beginning because they're going to be doing some primetime hearings coming up this week. And you know what that means? There's going to be a whole bunch more of this to come. But they are clearly trying to send a message to Peter Navarro because he's close to President Trump. And again, why don't they say, hey, you know what? Uh, We don't agree with you not complying. Um, Let's talk this over. Let's try to figure this out. Or if you want to surrender, you can come in. We can process you because we have to do it or whatever the case is, as opposed to like showing up with guns drawn, shackles and cuffs. Uh, You know, I would love to see a repeat offender who like looted and beat a cop over the head in summer of 2020, basically treated that way. That would really be nice, because that is what they deserve much more than uh, this political issue. Here's a little bit more, because Peter Navarro says he knows what this is all about. He says this is clearly all about the Democrats trying to do whatever they can before the midterms to put a dent on President Trump. Their mission, their clear mission is to prevent Donald John Trump from running for president in 2024 and being elected for president. And people like me are in their way and they're not coming for me and Trump. They're coming for you. And Peter Navarro has said under no uncertain terms in interviews that he's done in recent days that guess what? When the tables turn and a lot of people believe that the Senate and the House could turn Republican this November, Guess what? Payback is going to be fair play. Take a listen. Quote, if I'm not dead or in prison, I will lead the charge. What are you threatening? And are you suggesting that you you would be in a Republican White House? And what will you do? You bet your ass that I will lead the charge. I will take Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin and Nancy Pelosi and Luria and all of those clowns and kangaroos. I'll take Biden and every single senior staff member in there. And do what? And And do what? them with subpoenas. And we'll, we'll start with the impeachment of Biden for what? Ukraine, the southern border, all manner of things he is guilty of. And we'll we'll subpoena his senior staff. Wow. So payback is going to be really tough if the Republicans get in in the House and Senate. And by the way, if they get in in the House, they basically have said their first mission is to just get rid of this whole commission, which is part of the reason that the Democrats are trying so hard right now to make sure that they get this to happen and try to proceed and continue because they know they got a narrow window because the minute that Republicans take over in any shape or form, especially in the House, then if that happens in November, well, guess what? First thing they're going to do is say, what commission? We're canceling it. See ya. Here's a little bit more of Peter Navarro saying what's going to happen if Republicans take power. 
I just want to get this on the record. You admit that if you get back in power, you will be trying to use the DOJ to issue politicized if, subpoenas based you, on Democrats you don't you, like. It's not using the DOJ. It's it's basically I will I will push as hard as I can to use the same BS that the Democrats are using now to try to put me in prison for standing up for principle. If they want to play that game, we'll play it right back. They hit us. Okay. We hit them back. Here's hard. Wow. So things are going to get really ugly. And you can bet this week again, it is going to be one big show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Norm, line seven. Norm, your thoughts about this whole thing with Peter Navarro, that they treated him like he's a serial killer. Well, eventually they're going to treat me like a serial killer. Anyway, um, I support Peter Navarro. The ruthless way they are treating him is a positive confirmation that we have slipped into totalitarianism. Um, I'm just waiting for them to eventually get to the one million largely peaceful participants from the January 6th rally, like me, and I'm sure many other people who listen to you, um, who I wish would call up and say good things about the rally other than only the bad things you hear. So, you know, we just have to carry on during this very, very, very dark time in American history. And uh, Norm, let me ask you, Norm, what do you think is going to happen this week? Because, of course, these hearings are going to start by the Democrats, um, these sort of primetime hearings for the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mm-hmm. How crazy do you think this week is going to be? And do you think that the Democrats are clearly trying to hurry up and get this going because they know uh, that if the Republicans take power and they get the House, the first thing they're going to do is say, what committee? They're going to erase it because they, they would have the power at that point to do right. it. Um, they're going to they're make as, as much dirt as they can. Um, they're going to they're going to do whatever they can to maintain power. I mean, like like I told you yesterday, you know, there are people sitting in jail for now almost two years with no due process. I understand they don't get razors. They keep them in solitary confinement. We don't we don't do this to murderers. Um, no. And in fact, by the know, way that, you know, I brought up the the point even in New York City. Look at the way repeat mm-hmm. offenders are given free passes. I mean, how many cases have we heard sure. of of late, um, you know, where you look at the like the rap sheet of the person and you're like, how did that person mm-hmm. even get out the first time? And yet, mm-hmm. if somebody had any tie to January 6th, it's like they're like right. uh, like a serial killer. I use that description because okay. they're treated so horribly. Uh, I Listen, I have been now for two years on average uh, one to two rallies a week. And uh, the January 6th rally was uh, one of the more peaceful ones I saw. I saw a bunch of largely old people um, in my, in my uh, bus. There were 55 people. I would say probably the average age was about 60 years old. I'm 59. Um, same as the other bus that came. Um, a lot of veterans, a lot of people with with walkers. I mean, you know, we we were not. I, I, me me personally, I was nowhere near the Capitol. Um, there were a million people between me and the Capitol. Um, and yet, if you, know, you listen to the Democrats, like that's the only thing that they feel like they can kind of ride their hat on. And by the way, 
Right. Um, there's been a whole bunch of polls of late that even Democrats really kind of want to move on. You know, like I, I if you look at the mm-hmm. even the public sentiment, they don't really want to hear about January 6th, mm-hmm. you know. And so so yeah. it's interesting. They're really trying to use it to do whatever they can. Um, and I believe what Peter Navarro is saying, that the whole objective is to slam the Republicans, slam Trump. Right. And try to do anything they can to throw a wedge before November. Do you agree that that's sort of the whole objective here, Norm? That is that is the whole objective. Also, the objective is to scare the hell out of the Republicans, to scare the hell out of us, to to show us how powerful they are, to laud it over us, and to hurt us. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why they have those. Capital cops, for example, I know this is not exactly related, but when they have the capital cops, why why did Lester Holt have him on? They had him on to brag that he killed somebody, um, Ashley Babbitt, and basically he had no regrets, and um, he could do it anytime, anytime he wants. I mean, that's that's the whole point of the media, you know. Keep it down, Republicans. We're in control. We can do whatever we want to you. Well, that is a very dangerous place to be. And as you just heard, even from uh, Peter Navarro saying that, hey, wait until the Republicans get in power because turnaround is going to be very painful. Um, You know, uh, it's going to be payback time, you know, if that happens. And you can't have one standard for one group and a totally different standard for others. And that's why it, it, the whole thing is so outrageous, and they're just trying to do whatever they can. Uh, it, to me, it looks so desperate. It looks so political, and I think it is so divisive. And just and the way the disparity in treatment is shocking, shocking. Uh, Norm, thank you so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the fact that former Trump advisor Peter Navarro says that there he is at the airport in Nashville and the FBI cuffs him, puts him in leg irons, and it is all because he did not comply with a subpoena from the January 6th committee that is a whole bunch of Democrats and a few never-Trumpers. And Liz Cheney, do you think? Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, that those guys uh, don't have a political agenda? I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge if you agree with that one. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Go ahead, Alice. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, this is standard operating procedure for these people. And I, they're, you're, I like your words. They're desperate. They know that they know they're going to lose it all in November, and they, they're not giving the American people the credit they need. The American people are seeing what's going on. As these people retain the control they want, 
and the power they have absolute power corrupts absolutely and we've we've seen it we've seen it unfold people don't want this we've seen inflation go from 1.4% to 11% in 18 months people don't like this we have a president you know he's lying when his lips are moving nothing is working Americans aren't used to seeing empty shelves. We're not used to the to gas prices going up 20%, 20 cents overnight. These people know that their bullying isn't going to last, and they are bullies. What is his name? Adam Schiff? He's yeah, we call, yeah we, call him, we call him Shifty Chef. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a little weasel. He's a little weasel. And, and once he doesn't have the likes of, of Nancy Pelosi backing him up, he'll turn tail and run. These people are a disgrace. This is not America. Well, that's why, to me, to me, Alice, it has become so politicized. I mean, from the day one of this whole thing, the way that they gave, and I keep bringing up, you know, if, if they really threw the book at all those people that were burning and looting and doing all the things in the summer of 2020, and they said, okay, well, there's other things I, I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. But they were treating sort of everybody on an equal par. Maybe you could go, oh, okay. But this is so blatantly partisan and so disgusting. And they gave those rioters a free pass. We're going to continue with the calls after the break, everyone. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very powerful story coming from Riviera Beach, Florida, where decades of training and experience boil down to a few frantic minutes during a nail-biting ocean rescue to save the lives of two people. Officer Joseph Hoffman of the Riviera Beach Police Department has a career in law, law enforcement that spans over two decades. Building community for the past two years has been part of his personal duties while on beach patrol with the Riviera Beach Police Department. But it's not always fun, sun and sand. Officer Hoffman said, I just thank God I happened to be there at the right moment. What are the odds that I happened to be driving by when a 12-year-old kid was drowning out there? He was at the right place, right time, and not a moment's hesitation. He said, I basically stripped down to my skivvies, and I jumped in there and swam out and got the kid. The officer suddenly turned lifeguard in the blink of an eye to save the 12-year-old fighting for his life in a rip current about 150 yards from shore. Now, the officer said he was flailing, and also the 12-year-old was going under. He said, I mean, it was really, really close. And the stakes doubled after Officer Hoffman discovered that a good Good Samaritan had gone in after the child, and that Samaritan also got swept up in the riptide. So here he is. He got to the kid uh, before him, and he saw the kid climb on top of the Samaritan and push the Samaritan under because, of course, the kid panicked, and he was just trying to survive. 
So armed with only a buoy and a fighting spirit, Officer Hoffman somehow was able to get both the child and the Good Samaritan to shore and into the care of paramedics and also lifeguards. And with a humble heart, Hoffman said he was just doing his job. It's what makes you a decent human being. I think it makes everybody just a good person. It does not make me a hero. I just wanted to help. Officer Hoffman, by the way, today was recognized for his heroism during the 2022 Law Enforcement Officer Awards Luncheon at PGA National Resort and Spa in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. What a powerful story that he was able to save the 12-year-old and the Good Samaritan, and both of them are said to be doing okay. What a powerful story. Well, speaking of law enforcement, the FBI was ordered by the Department of Justice go in and arrest Trump trade advisor Peter Navarro. He was in the Trump administration, still a longtime ally of President Trump, someone who's been steadfast by the president's side, and someone who's been very vocal about how politicized the January 6th committee is. And so what was the payback? Well, today, the FBI, typically in a case like this, if you don't you know, comply with a subpoena, they wanted him to testify. He said, look, I'm going to fight this in court. Then they wanted him to hand over documents. He said, I'm going to fight that in court. But typically on something like this, this is not like this is a white collar issue. This is not like a like a murder or a robbery or something like this. And they know where he lives. In fact, he was even talking to an FBI agent earlier this week and said, listen, this is what I'm doing. You reach out to me anytime. This is according to Peter Navarro. If you need anything, you call me, whatever the case is. I'm I'm fighting this in court legally. These are my prerogatives to do this. I believe the whole, you know, committee's politicized. And the next thing he knows, he's at Nashville Airport and he gets cuffed and put in leg irons, held at gunpoint and paraded out the airport in a big old uh big old walk and then taken to headquarters. He gets released and as soon as he came out, he blasted the Department of Justice. Take a listen. Over a five-year period, Congress has weaponized the investigatory powers of Congress in a way which is unconstitutional. And he also said that the DOJ has totally overreached. Take a listen. The Constitution is a prohibition against what's called bills of attainders. Okay? This is bills against undue punishment of citizens of this country. Today, the punishment was in, which was inflicted on a man presumed innocent and innocent until proven guilty demonstrates the utter disregard for the Constitution and the law that the Department of Justice has. And now it's going to cost him tons of money He's going to have to continue having legal representation. Now the stakes are higher now that he's actually been cuffed and arrested. I mean, is this the way you treat somebody in a basic, you know, uh, you know, white collar case where you don't comply with a subpoena? Usually you say, listen, show up or, you know, let's talk this over with your attorney, figure it out. Uh-uh, they treated him like he was worse than a multiple repeat offender in New York City or in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Philly. 
I mean, look at the way that so many of these folks who've been involved in violent crimes have been basically, okay, here you go, not even arrested, or basically show up before the court, or if they don't show up before the court, they don't get in trouble. And yet Peter Navarro, because he is tied to President Trump, is now considered the world's worst person, according to Democrats. I mean, come on. This is so obviously politicized. It is outrageous. And here's a little bit more because Peter Navarro says he sees through all of this. And he said it's all about the Democrats trying to do anything they can to diminish President Trump before November. Over a five-year period, those seven Democrats have engaged initially on a discredited Russia hoax in 2016 to get rid of Trump, two phony impeachment trials, and three efforts alone to try to disqualify Donald Trump from office for mental or physical reasons. That's a legislative history which shows that that committee is not performing a legislative function, but rather seeking to punish Donald Trump. He says it is all about them trying to go after President Trump. And he said he's exerting executive privilege. He said, listen, my conversations with the president should be executive privilege. I shouldn't have to share that. He was you know, president. We were discussing issues. This would be a violation of the Constitution. Hash it out with the president's legal team. If they say it's okay for me to talk or do something like that, well, then that's different. And instead, they are basically treating him worse than many violent repeat offenders in New York. And this is what constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley has to say, because he says, guess what? This could all be moot come November. Let's say it does switch control and the uh, Republicans effectively do a retroactive rescission and say that we don't believe Uh, that he was in contempt. We don't believe this committee was properly composed uh, and tells the Justice Department that. Does the Justice Department have to comply with that? I'm not so sure. This is a completed act, and the vote of contempt was completed by the earlier Congress. I think most people would say that if the current Congress doesn't feel that it's the victim of contempt, uh, that the uh, attorney general should yield to it, but he doesn't have to yield to it. So we could have a very weird mm. situation where Congress no longer feels it's a victim and the Department of Justice is still prosecuting its victimization. So DOJ could, but highly unlikely. And the House would certainly move immediately to get rid of what they say is a dog and pony show. What are your thoughts of the way they have treated Peter Navarro and the fact that Democrats... Never talk about the riots of 2020 that caused $2 billion worth of damage. Suddenly they leave that out, like as if that never happened in America. They refuse to condemn the rioters. They refuse to basically go after them, anybody who was looting. How about the people who are burning down the police station? Don't you think there's something wrong with that? They, for some reason, give them a free pass And yet, if you are tied to President Trump, you are vilified. Boy, are they worried about President Trump. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line 5. Go ahead, BJ. Your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Excellent show. Uh, Peter Navarro is a patriot. He had Fauci's number from the jump, from the day he... He caught him and uh, from the day he first met him, and he was the only one who was able to stand up to the patron saint of statism and call him on his nonsense. 
this is going to have a boomerang effect on the failures of the Biden administration, the border, Afghanistan, Ukraine. And all this September 6th committee is, is not concerned with getting at the truth. It's a Roman circus just to give out bread and circuses to the, to the Roman citizens to distract from the failures of the Biden administration. And the one thing he said, uh, Peter Navarro said, which is very true, they're not coming after him. They're coming after you, you who dared to vote against the swamp and elect Donald Trump in 2016. They never want you to ever, ever, ever think you can do that again. And that's why they're trying to publicly disgrace him. They didn't have to do this. There was a much more civilized and politic way of handling this. But they decided to embarrass him, degrade him, and shame him. And it, I'm telling you, it had a boomerang effect. It ignited the base in the November. I'm, uh, people are going to just they, – they don't like this. People do not like being, being harassed in this way. And they don't it's, – it's ugly. It, it is. Really it is, is ugly. ugly. You know, BJ, did you see also what I was saying, too, is that I keep going back to, um, you know, if you treat everybody equally – and I'm, I'm saying, you know, if it was an equal, you know, crime, if you will. Um, yes. there, you know, um, this is a white collar at minimum, you know what I mean, or at maximum, I should say, um, because this is, you know, not complying with a subpoena. But yet you can burn down a police station. You can beat a cop on the head with a brick. You can do all these other things and they won't even condemn it. I mean, you know, I mean, I I keep also I also think about Jacob Blake. Remember that whole thing with Kamala Harris when Jacob Blake, the guy who had the knife, remember, that was lunging at authorities and, you know, and then authorities shot him. And remember, uh, she went and visited Jacob Blake, remember, and she was like, you know, like he was a hero. You know, yeah. uh, and it turns out the guy, like, apparently was holding his, like, girlfriend hostage and oh. and had some, like, you know, severe uh, domestic issues going on. There was a rap sheet with that guy a mile long. But, boy, yeah. you know, it's like like you never heard, oh, what a horrible person that is, you know. And yet, look at the way they're treating Peter Navarro. I mean, it's like the the double standard is so glaring and it's disgusting. And, in fact— they were pushing for that. I mean, she was saying they are protesting and they should continue protesting. And it wasn't and I'm all for peaceful protesting, whether I agree with it or not, you know, but but they were not peaceful protesting. You know, I mean, they were like looting cities, burning stations, killing people. I mean, if you look at the track record, the numbers are staggering and yet they never condemned it. And to me, that it, it's like such a rewrite of history, but everything is like, oh God, Peter Navarro not complying with the subpoena. Oh, that's terrible. But go ahead and burn down a police station or kill somebody. That's not a problem because you know they agreed with the the, the civil right issue, even though you know everybody was taking advantage of it. I mean, it was so over the top. It's outrageous. No, it's a complete disgrace, and uh, the American people do not like this. And what will happen in November? Thir- uh, November is they will uh, let their uh, uh, disapprovement uh, show. Uh, he was the only one to stand up to the patron saint of statism, Fauci, and uh, you know they they did the same to Roger Stone. You know the Democrats they uh, let the the fires of of discontent burn. You know, all of this is what happens in in banana republics. 
They let the uh, the, the hoodlums go, uh, on the loose and beat down the citizenry. This happened in uh, South America, in Cuba. You you you, you know you, you take you know dealer's choice. They let the hoodlums out uh, to do violence to intimidate uh, the citizenry, and uh, they never ever 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 want you to think that you can buck the swamp. They want to make certain you never try it again, and that's the whole purpose of the September 6th committee because they haven't subpoenaed anyone of any real import. They can't tell you why they, they, they let these uh, rioters in, why they didn't block them, why Nancy Pelosi didn't uh, order out the uh, the National Guard to, to secure the Capitol uh, when they knew that the capacity of the uh, uh, the September 6th uh, 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 was going to be double. Right, they, right. They can't yeah, tell they, you that. And, and they're not calling her either. I mean, that's no. the other thing, too. If they really wanted the answers, and boy, I'd love the answer to that one, BJ. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember, and they, they have not subpoenaed her. And no. they also won't put on the committee. I mean, the minute I saw that Republicans said, first of all, we don't agree with the committee, but they're in the minority now. And that's unfortunately what happens when they're in the minority. The majority party can kind of dictate and steamroll. But what is so stunning is they said, put these people on the committee. All right. Put like Jim Jordan. Uh, they had a whole bunch of a list. Of, I think it was Jim Banks, yeah. I think, was the other one. Um, there were a number of people that Kevin McCarthy suggested. No. No, no, we're going to, but, but, oh, it's going to be fair. We're going to put Liz Cheney on as if anything she has said about President Trump hasn't been so over the top and so biased, you know, ever since her, you know, vendetta against him. It's like, let's find the two people who hate President Trump the most and we'll put them on the committee. And that's it. You know, I mean, to me, it, it was so transparent, BJ. The rhinos are worse than the Democrats. The Democrats you totally expect this of, but the rhinos, this whole reach across the aisle bipartisan crowd, these guys, these are the biggest swamp creatures going. We all know who they are, too. And, I mean, it's like it's a joke. They absolutely gaslight you and lie to your face. And then they, they, they come off like they're the compassionate ones and they're the constitutionalists and all of it. And all they want to do is stay employed. That's all they want to do is stay in office. They don't care. We had them. Boehner was one of them. Uh, uh, McConnell's another. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Ryan. We've, I mean, this is why Trump got elected. They're the reason why Trump got elected, because he was the disruptor. He knew that the Democrats were uh, – uh, 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 they were a, a fait accompli. They, he knew what to expect from them, but the rhinos he knew were just as bad and in some cases worse. Well, and in, you can tell he's still a threat to uh, the rhinos and to the Democrats because they are doing anything they can to try to put, you know, uh, uh, damage him in any shape or form before November because he's so far he's had a really good track record with a lot of the candidates. And, in fact, I just started the show about how Oz has now uh, his candidate is going to be the person who's going to be going up against the Democrat in the Senate primary in Pennsylvania. So he's had a really, really good track record, and they are worried, Um, and they should be. You know, based on everything else. Uh, BJ, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about Trump's former advisor and longtime ally, Peter Navarro, who today was treated like uh, the worst, you know, worst of the worst criminal. And yet I'm talking about how the summer of love 2020, which was far from the summer of love where there were riots all over America, the Democrats didn't have a problem with that. They didn't have a problem with police getting hit on the head with chairs and bricks like we saw in New York. Uh, Some of the problems, how about Officer Dorn, remember? He was the security guard, the former police officer who was there protecting, who got killed during that time. There were all these things that happened. Oh, no, 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 no. We never really heard anything from the Democrats. They never condemned it. And yet today, Peter Navarro is at the airport in Nashville, and he gets the cuffs thrown at him, and he gets leg shackles, leg irons. I mean, that's like what you put on Hannibal Lecter, basically, you know? And they basically skirt him off, all because he's not complying with the subpoena. And after he got out of headquarters today, he came out swinging verbally. Take a listen to Peter Navarro. This committee is neither duly authorized nor properly constituted, meaning that it doesn't follow the rules of either the House itself or the committee's own authorizing resolution. And he also said earlier in the week that he and President Trump see this for what it is. They see it's all about politics. The president is not going to cooperate with a kangaroo committee run by people like Raskin and Adam Schiff. And let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joseph, line four. Joseph, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Such a pleasure to speak with the lovely lady. I just find this to be a um, distraction from the horrible, horrible administration that Americans are living under. And the last two callers you had... They hit it right on the head. This, They know what they're afraid. They're afraid that come November. So they're trying to run us down to the last, um, to the last bit of strength that we have. But let me tell you, through God's grace, we are going to win. And the demons are going to be gone. And we are going to take full control because that's what we want, President Trump, back. God bless you and have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Joseph. Wow, what a pleasant call. Thank you very much. Let's go to Ivan, line eight. Ivan, your thoughts. What do you think? Good evening, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned Liz Cheney uh, prior to my call. Uh, There's something I really don't hear enough on uh, conservative talk radio and other conservative media. Liz Cheney's father is the epitome of swamp creature constantly back and forth between uh, the industrial defense complex and government. And and Trump called him out. out. And Trump called him out, and Liz Cheney didn't like it. And that's why Trump got elected, or a big part of the reason. And I don't really hear anyone directly say that on conservative talk radio and conservative television. 
No, you bring up a great point because um, that's sort of what started it. He called him out. He said he doesn't agree with these sort of like um, he felt unnecessary wars. He criticized Iraq. Um, and, of course, Cheney was a big part of all of that. Liz Cheney resented it. And now this is what it is. But but Trump was speaking how he felt and how a lot of other Americans felt. But she is clearly on a vendetta. Let's go to Jimmy, line five. Jimmy, real quick, your thoughts about this, my friend. This is frightening. You know, when the, gov- when the government agencies target American citizens like this, this is how Czechoslovakia became communist in 1948, the exact same thing. The radicals got control of the government agencies and used it to go after the opposition. You're right. And it you know what it has become? So politically transparent and so obvious and the disparity of treatment jimmy i agree it's outrageous it's un-american listen to this podcast now on the red apple podcast network dump feisty fearless and fair she's an emmy-winning journalist from the white house to war zones telling all sides of the story this is the rita cosby show And tonight, more details coming out in the case of the Uvalde school massacre. You know, we talked about yesterday how the head commander on the ground, this guy was the school district chief, Pete Arredondo. He keeps dodging and weaving. He's doing a little bit of a rope-a-dope with the media. He doesn't seem to be available when anybody tries to get him for questions And also the Texas Department of Public Safety says he is no longer cooperating. So there's a lot of questions with this guy. Um, And yesterday we learned through this Texas state senator, Roland Gutierrez, that guess what? Arredondo was not being updated on 911 calls. And it was like, how could that be? He's the commander on the ground. He's the one who assumed command on the ground because it was his jurisdiction, and he didn't want to surrender it, obviously, either, because he could have potentially done that, but he didn't. So he's the one on the ground. He's not complying now with investigators. He's not getting information on 911 calls, and we're like, how could that be when that came out? It just seemed like such a bizarre thing. Well, now it's coming out, according to the same Texas Senator, Roland Gutierrez, and there were reports early on that maybe this commander didn't have a radio. And it was like, people were like, are you kidding me? How could you not have a radio in 2022? And you're the commander on the ground. So now we're finding out not only was he not informed of the 911 calls, but maybe part of the reason was he didn't have a radio with him. That according to Roland Gutierrez, the Texas senator, he says that he was told by Texas DPS that this Pete Arredondo, the commander on the scene, was without a radio during the attack. Are you kidding me? You, you're not finding out about 911 calls that other police officials were being told about from students who were inside pleading for help, saying, please hurry up, come in. There's other victims. First of all, even if for some reason you weren't getting it given to you, wasn't someone running the information to you? 
And what are you in, in like Amish country where you don't have any like electronics or something like that? Are you kidding me? This guy better be fired in five seconds. If indeed he did not have a radio, if he wasn't asking about 911 calls or somebody wasn't relaying it to him, that person should be fired as well. When is someone going to be held responsible for all these incredible mistakes that are outrageous mistakes that may have cost so many young people and two teachers also their lives? This, to me, is so outrageous. And now tonight, there are more discussions, which we're going to be talking about later on in the show, about a number of different states that are now pushing to arm teachers as a result of what happened in Texas Because people are saying that schools must be hardened. And this is something that we even heard from President Trump all the way back on the campaign trail. This was in 2016. He said schools have to be hardened. Take a listen. We have to harden our schools, not soften them up. A gun-free zone to a killer or somebody that wants to be a killer, that's like going in for the ice cream. These people are cowards. They're not going to walk into a school if 20% of the teachers have guns. Or even a security guard. Maybe it could be a former cop or a former veteran who's outside. And that clearly would send a message to, don't come in here. You know, I, I mean, I agree with the president. And here's a little bit more, because he also, back then, came out and said we should be arming teachers. Take a listen. Uh, your concept and your idea about, it's called concealed carry. And it's... It only works where you have people very adept at using firearms, of which you have many. And it would be teachers and uh, coaches. If the coach had a firearm in his locker when he ran at this guy, that coach was very brave. Uh, Saved a lot of lives, I suspect. But if he had a firearm, he wouldn't have had a run. He would have shot, and that would have been the end of it. And this would only be, obviously, for people that are very adept at handling a gun. And it would be, it's called concealed carry, where a teacher would have a concealed gun on them. They'd go for special training, and they would uh, be there, and you would no longer have a gun-free zone. Gun-free zone to a maniac, because they're all cowards. A gun-free zone is, let's go in and let's attack, because bullets aren't coming back at us. And now Ohio and Louisiana are joining a number of other states saying after Texas, we are considering seriously and pushing for to have teachers trained and armed in schools. So I want to take your calls later on in the show about that, because that is a very big and very important and timely issue. Meantime, tons of you are calling in, of course, about Peter Navarro and the arrest today where he was put in shackles. Of course, speaking of Trump, the former Trump aide, who says this is outrageous, the January 6th commission, he said, is nothing but a dog and pony show. It's a big charade. Uh, If you look at who's on the commission, I would say, yeah. And he also said that this is so ridiculous that what they're trying to do is not constitutional. Take a listen. This is Peter Navarro after he was put in handcuffs and leg shackles and pulled out of the airport like he had uh, just uh, murdered 20 people. But no, he's just not complying with the January 6th commission. I filed uh, a civil suit against the kangaroo committee on the Hill, uh, seven partisan Democrats, two rhino Republicans. 
Um, the essence of that civil suit was that the subpoenas issued by the committee uh, are ultra-virus, unlawful, and unenforceable. And then he said what's going to happen now as a result of them arresting him for not complying with the subpoena. All right? I, and that's what this is about, not complying with the subpoena. They didn't say, hey, let's meet. Let's talk to your attorney. Now he's saying it's going to cost him tons of money for his legal defense. Take a listen. My book, Taking Back Trump's America, I need everybody in America to buy that book on Amazon today. That is for two reasons. One is that's going to be my legal defense fund because these people are coming at me hard. Number two, that book is about why we need to take the House of Representatives back from the kangaroos on Capitol Hill. Very powerful. And it is going to cost him an arm and a leg. And he says he's going to fight this tooth and nail. By the way, he could potentially get a year in jail if they really want to keep going for it. Rarely is this ever enforced, guys. Rarely ever. But the January 6th commission, spearheaded by good old Liz Cheney and others, they can't wait to do it, it looks like. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pamela on line one. Pamela, your thoughts. A hundred years from now, the history books will write of Peter Navarro as a hero, while his accusers will be a mere blip on the bottom of the page in a footnote. You, you, you just feel like it's way over the top, obviously. I do, too, Pamela. I think it's outrageous. It's outrageous, and the stamina of these people standing up to the swamp is, is, should be applauded, and they should be helped with uh, funding their uh, legal fees. Yeah, well, you heard what he said. Buy the book, and the proceeds are going to go to his legal defense because he's sadly going to need it now that they are really pulling him in in a big way. Pamela, thank you. Let's go to Marianne, line four. Marianne, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm good. What do you think about this? Okay. Um, Peter Navarro has a Spanish last name, and we feel very proud of him. Peter Navarro was instrumental in advising President Trump in very important trade issues, like bringing more than 7 million jobs back to America from China. That benefited black, Spanish, minorities, Chinese, and women. And also, he he helped on bringing millions of dollars in tariffs from China. So... The Democrats should be aware that we are shifting party, and we are going to defend this guy, okay? So they better leave him alone. We will never forget or forgive that someone like him that has given so many benefits, not only for Hispanics but for minorities, they better target somebody else because we're going to go after them. And that will help, actually, Donald Trump to get millions of Hispanics voting for him. That's what I believe. That oh, I that's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And by the way, Marianne, uh, there's a new poll that came out not that long ago that, yeah, Biden's losing votes in Hispanics. And you're right. Navarro is, uh, you know, it's a Latino name. Um, very interesting. Great point, Marianne. Thank you very much. Let's go to Chris in Memphis on line five. Go ahead, Chris, from Memphis, Tennessee. Beautiful Memphis. Go ahead, Chris. It is finally gorgeous here this weekend. Thank you, Liz. Um, 
quick comment. I guarantee if those kids were calling that somebody ran into the school, but they didn't have a mask on, those cops would have been in there in moments. This this has gotten so out of whack. Um, all the cops and all the SWATs and all law enforcement, to fathom that none of them had children in that school, that none of them just took it upon themselves as the alleged mother did that ran in there and got her two children out. It, by by the way, Chris, by the way, that. some did. There was a Border Patrol agent who got a call from his wife who said, you know, hey, there's a shooter. And the wife was in there and uh, the child. And the Border Patrol agent was at a barber shop, picked up the barber's weapon and said, hey, can I borrow it? And he went in and he actually got out his wife and kid. And he was like, to heck with this commander on the ground. And uh, I bet a lot of other people are wishing they said the same thing, you know, because I think that commander, uh, to me, the more I hear about the guy, he uh, it's stunning to me. If indeed he didn't have a radio and yet he was assuming the command. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like, you know, Gomer Pyle, it seems like running it. And meanwhile, you had some, you know, Texas DPS people that were pretty sophisticated. You had border agents, the SWAT border team that's sophisticated. But it seems like this guy, my my rate is he's on some power trip and wanted to run it because it was his territory. But he had equipment from like the 1800s. Yes, ma'am. Well, there's no way a commander doesn't have an assistant right there beside. He's surrounded by radio. If if we're to buy that he didn't have one, I could possibly fathom that. Maybe he rushed out of his car to command the situation. But to say that you're not surrounded by radios, they're they're literally calling us idiots to our face. Well, th- see, um, see, I think Chris, I think he's using that. Um, maybe as a reason for, oh, maybe that's why the wrong call happened. He's trying to like, you know, somehow it's getting like that's how they're trying to blame that he made the wrong call because he's didn't have the right information as if that clears him. To me, it makes him look even more stupid. Yeah, the incompetency rate down there was just incredible for the uh, I didn't hear about the barbershop uh, father, but, you know, statistically speaking, they're. There would have had to have been more, you know, more Abs- around him on the force with someone. If it's not their direct kid, it's a relative, it's something. And I, I, I'm in a family surrounded by law enforcement. And I don't know a single one of them who wouldn't have disobeyed any command and not charged the school themselves. Would have rallied, you know, some other officers and SWATs, et cetera, that was around them to bypass this incompetence of saying it so politely. Yeah, I'm trying to be cordial, but to me, this guy, if indeed everything we're hearing right now is correct, he should he should be removed of his job. And anybody else who was sort of party to some of these bad decisions should also be removed. I mean, it's out. It is outrageous. Chris, thank you. Great call from beautiful Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you very much. Let's go to Tim uh, in New Jersey. Line seven. Go ahead, Tim. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call in terms of uh Arenado, um, his jurisdiction is awful small. Why wasn't there other people who overtook him uh, since this this lasted such a long duration? So I think that there's more to it than just his incompetence. There's other people that should go down as well. He should have been taken off. Yeah, I agree. His command. This should have went up. And up and up. And also, in terms of the January 6th committee, 
why don't we keep the committee and just make it fair so that we have Republicans and Democrats on there. And I understand that there'll be subpoenas on both sides, but it sure would be, it sure would be good to see Pelosi in chains. Um, I, I really would be like in shackles, like they did to Navarro in, in the, in the, I, and the, the, the thing that gets me is that he's going to have to dip into his pockets, same as those protesters, rioters, and some trespassers who were in jail for the January 6th incident. And um, they are going to have to pay you know, money and so forth. But the thing is, is that all of the taxpayers are paying for that. And it it just burns me up. Every citizen should realize that it could happen to them. And um, I I just think that it should dawn on them that their loved ones, their children, they may be on the wrong side, even though, you know, they think right now they're on the that they're they're living high on the hog right now. I don't understand it. Yeah. The the obvious political targeting of what this is about. It is so transparent. And this week, Tim, you know, they're going to start their hearings. So, boy, they can't wait for this moment. And that's why I think part of it, too, was why they wanted to do what they did to Navarro right beforehand. They're trying to also shut him up. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working because as soon as he got out of FBI headquarters, he did a press conference. But they don't like the fact that he's out there talking and and I think exposing them and, and shining a light on the just unbelievable politics and the outrageous standards to me is just, it is shameful. Uh, let's go to LQ real quick, line eight. Go ahead, LQ, your thoughts. Yes, uh, Rita, God bless you. Um, my two things real fast. Um, the, this uh, I was there on January 6th, and this thing, the gathering was like, five or six blocks away from the the Capitol. Um, we need the people that, that went there. I went by Amtrak. We need to get together and get our proof that we were there and speak up that this was a peaceful riot, riot, uh, rally. Most of these people that's talking about the insurrection, they weren't even there. Now, what do you make of and, Navarro being arrested and, like, treated like uh, he was like Attila the Hun, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. They... They should be, after we win this, they should get Nancy and Pelosi and all them people and put them in shackles. Well, Can I mention one other thing, Rita? Yeah, go thing? ahead. Go ahead. By the way, they've, they've already said they're at least going to try. I mean, Navarro already said that he's going to lead the hunt uh, to, to go back to sh- expose these people and push for Biden to be impeached. I mean, he's like, he is like so angry he's like listen we're gonna go after biden on ukraine we're gonna go after biden on border he's already got his list go ahead lq okay as far as the, the um the state uh going making these uh, putting more police officers and and changing eight uh the age to 21 they could have done that a long time ago you didn't have to go to the federal government and to things hit the fan yeah no listen and and listen i think are you talking about gun control is that where you're going yeah, gun control, but the, um, they could have put the offices in these schools, or, or, or plain clothes security in these schools. This happened. This been happening since 1999. What things had to hit the fan before they wake up, and the states could do that. The, the governor could do that. They don't have to go to the federal government. They don't have to go to the president. They just want to take away all arms. No, I agree. And by the way, LQ, they're not even the Democrats. 
aren't even for arming teachers or, or hardening schools. I mean, the president came out, remember this week, the White House said the president doesn't want to harden school. He wants to take away the guns, but he doesn't want to add security at the schools. Uh, does that, that to me, talk about politics, that to me is, again, extremely transparent, that it's all about gun control, going after the gun manufacturers, but they don't want to do anything that would fortify schools. I mean, that to me is outrageous. I think talking about everything is understandable, but talking about just going after the guns without talking about any of these other things is outrageous. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. You heard what LQ and I think and everybody else. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think of teachers with guns? Now two more states are considering doing that after the Texas shooting. And this guy... This Pete Arredondo, who's the head of the scene, basically now there are reports he didn't even have a radio. He wasn't getting the information on the 911 calls and didn't have a radio. What kind of a moron is he? You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the Texas school shooting. Now we're hearing that the commander on the ground didn't even have a radio. Are you kidding me? And more discussions about now how to protect students. And one of them is increasing training and arming teachers. Take a listen. Here is one Utah teacher talking about that. Those parents send those kids to school expecting that they're going to be Right now that's on the teachers. It's my job. They look to me as the person who's going to keep them safe. So do you agree that teachers should be armed or not? And what do you make of this Texas commander who didn't have a radio? We're going to take your calls after the break. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military and also their families, a beautiful story coming out of Jacksonville, Florida, where the city of Jacksonville's Military Affairs and Veterans Department is celebrating Women Veterans Recognition Week. Now it is now in its ninth year. Women veterans have played an integral part in protecting this country alongside their male counterparts and have made immeasurable contributions, said the mayor of Jacksonville. 
The mayor encouraged all citizens to recognize the courage, honor, and dignity with which women have served and continue to serve. The observances started back, first of all, by honoring veterans in general, especially trailblazers who served during World War II and Korean War eras. Now, it, of course, goes all the way to modern times. And the week that they are celebrating now brings community awareness to some of the challenges that women veterans face also after military service. So a very, very important initiative and bravo to the city of Jacksonville. Well, one person I won't say bravo to is this Pete Arredondo, who is the commander on the ground in Texas during the school shooting. And his job is the school district police chief. And Pete Arredondo so far is not cooperating, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety. He was helping with the first interview they did. Then somehow he was unavailable, according to them, for interviews after that. You better be cooperating because there are so many questions about why authorities were told to stand back and not go in. And the Texas Department of Public Safety says it was this guy who basically decided that everybody was dead inside, that it was a barricaded shooter, and that it was not a, quote, active shooter with live victims inside. Meanwhile, they were getting 911 calls from students saying, we're in here, we're victims, there are other people around me that are still alive. 911 calls, there were repeated ones from some students, there were repeated ones from teachers Are you kidding me that it didn't get relayed to the guy? Well, now this Texas senator is saying not only did the guy, quote, not get information on the 911 calls. How could that be? That is a total communication breakdown. Now he says that he's being told by the head of DPS that apparently this Chief Arredondo didn't even have a radio. It's like, what are you kidding me? First off. Why do you not have a radio? Why were you not being told about 911 calls? Um, was there somebody who was blocking information to get to you? Or are you such a mom-and-pop shop that you don't know how to handle incoming information, especially critical information to me like that? That is unbelievable. And if that is indeed the case, as one of you guys who just called in a few minutes ago aptly said, why wasn't someone running in information to him? If he didn't have a radio for some reason that he was like out to lunch or something and for some reason didn't have a radio, um, if he didn't, well, then he should have an assistant next to him or somebody who has a radio or somebody who's running in information. Are you telling me the guy didn't know about 911 calls that were coming in saying there are people alive like me inside? You know, I'm, I'm saying that's what the students were saying. We're alive inside. We're here and there's other, you know, victims that are alive inside next to me. Hurry up. Please come in. There's such pivotal information that he wouldn't get. And even if he didn't have a radio, first of all, that's unbelievable. Couldn't he get somebody else's radio? If you're the commander, you better have a radio. But even if you don't, the person standing next to you should have a radio. They make it sound like he was in a black tunnel, a black hole, and nobody was giving him any information. I'm not buying this. There is something really fishy and really weird of what's going on with the Texas school shooting. This, to me... Is I, I just smell a rat and I smell a whole bunch of lies. Because remember, first they said, well, the door was propped open by a teacher. Turned out it was, but then it was closed. 
and it wasn't automated lock. Then they said there was a shootout, remember, with the security guard. Turned out the security guard wasn't even there at the scene. So that was a lie, too. It's like the list keeps coming over and over again. Why can we not get a straight story? And are they throwing Pete Arredondo under the bus, or is he that inept? And whoever is inept needs to go. They should be fired immediately. Well, I did a podcast recently with Lieutenant Steve Rogers, who used to be with, he was a military advisor for the FBI with the Joint Terrorism Task Force, and also was a lieutenant for a long time at the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department. And he said that there's a lot of mistakes to go around. Here's a little sample of the podcast. And by the way, we just put up the podcast today. You can get it wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you check it out. It is called Protecting America with Rita Cosby. And Steve Rogers and I went in detail about a lot of these things about Chief Arredondo, also the bad communication on the ground, the mistakes that were made, and also what needs to happen now to protect our kids in schools. But one of the things he said is, there was a lot of human error, beyond human error even, in this case. He was astounded at the mistakes that were made by law enforcement, sadly, on the ground. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of our podcast. What do you think went wrong? I mean, what's interesting in this case, this guy apparently did get a bit of training. He had a couple different courses. It's, he's kind of touting that he had that in the past. There was apparently also a Uvalde SWAT team it seemed like they had the preparation in place, but they didn't react, obviously, appropriately, given the time. Well, what went wrong is the commander didn't follow the standard operating procedures with regard to engaging an active shooter. Why on earth he made a decision that basically, in his view, everyone in that school or in the classroom that the shooter was in was dead. So in his view, from what I read, that since everyone was already dead, why risk the lives of police officers when the active shooter would now solely engage cops? It's beyond my comprehension that anyone would make such a decision, knowing that a lot of times when there's a massive shooting, there is somebody that may still be alive. So he made a very bad decision, obviously, and now we'll never know if the police would have been able to engage the shooter earlier, lives would have been saved. So what we call in other incidents, human error, well, this was a human tragedy. He should have never made that decision. Yeah, and listen, someone has to be held accountable. It sounds like there were a lot of mistakes made, and I hope they get to the answers because the families and America deserves this. So this never, ever happens again. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we're also talking about arming teachers because now two states, Ohio and Louisiana, are considering basically allowing for teachers and others to get training to maybe harden schools. Uh, By the way, under Texas law, just to give you an idea, they have to do an 80-hour course. They have to do a psychological exam. um, Then they have to pay a small fee. Then they have to be approved uh, through a processes. But what do you think of this? Is this now the time to train our teachers in schools? Well, in Ohio, where they're talking about it, uh, it's divided. First, listen to what some of the high schoolers have to say and how they feel about teachers being armed. I feel protected. I don't feel like they're going to threaten me in any way. I feel like if someone came in that I know that they're going to handle it. So I feel very protected. I feel really safe knowing that I can, like, come to school And if there's, like, an incident that does happen, 
um, that they'll be able to, like, protect us. So the students there, at least those, are saying they like the idea. But here is the Ohio Teachers Union president for Cleveland, Ohio, who says uh, they don't want teachers to be carrying guns. There are a couple of issues here. One is that in other chambers, there are there's testimony happening about how teachers aren't trusted to do curriculum. We aren't trusted with the books we choose, but somehow we're supposed to be trusted with a gun in school. I really hope that the irony is not lost on this committee. The things for which we are trained, we are not trusted. We are not trained to be peace officers. We are not trained to carry guns. We willingly shield, those teachers shielded those children with their bodies. We are willing to do that. We do that every day. We do not want to have to determine whether or not we shoot one of our kids who has a gun. The message is horrific. But yet, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, literally right after the shooting happened at Robb Elementary School, said this. Well, look, you know, people that, that are shooting people, that are killing kids, they're not going to follow, they're not even, they're not following murder laws, they're not going to follow gun laws. So this idea that somehow if you, if you ban guns from law-abiding citizens, somehow these people that, that kill people, uh, they're, they're, they're going to follow the gun law, but they, they won't follow the murder law. This is somewhat ridiculous, but it seems to be the argument they, that they make, and they always forget that these are not law-abiding citizens. They're the ones that kill people. So it makes no sense to me. I'd much rather have law-abiding citizens armed and trained so that they can respond when something like this, is, this happens, because it's not going to be the last time. So what do you think about teachers being armed in schools, or should that be reserved for maybe former military and former law enforcement, or should all things be on the table after Texas? And boy, are there still a lot of questions in the Texas case, as we talked about with this chief, who now we're hearing not only apparently wasn't getting information on 911 calls, who wasn't relaying it to him, or was he so MIA and out of it that he wasn't looking for that or didn't want to hear it? We don't know. And then now we know, how could he hear it? He didn't have a radio. This is like Police 101. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bill on line three. Bill, your thoughts about the shooting in Texas? Hey, Bill. Bill, call us back. It's breaking up. Let's go to Mary on line two. Go ahead, Mary. Your thoughts. I want to echo LQ's position that there are things that we could do today. We don't have to wait for hearings to protect the children throughout this entire country. And the very first thing that we need to do starting tomorrow is putting cameras in every classroom, every hallway, every office. If there was closed-circuit TV, they would have been able to watch real-time what was going on in that classroom. And, Mary by, the, Mary, by the way, you're breaking up a little bit, but I did hear what you had to say, um, that that's a great point, because you're right. Then there wouldn't be any gray. It would be like, okay, here's where he is. Here's what he's doing. There's obviously students in there. Um, you know, on the other hand, to me, there is no gray. When you have a student calling up, 911 repeatedly calling 911 and saying I'm in here I'm alive and there are other victims please hurry and there's teachers saying it 
to me, there's no gray on that. I mean, to me, first of all, there shouldn't have been any gray. Even if they didn't get those calls, they should have charged in. We're the cojones of this law enforcement. Bravo to at least the Border Patrol who finally went in. Uh, But you know what? To me, there's no gray. They shouldn't have to have a videotape to assume that there are people that are alive and to have the guts to do their job. Um, But to me, that, that is a great point. It would help to have that information as well. It certainly would definitely not hurt. So your point is a good one, I think, in that regard. Let's go to Gail, uh, line five. Gail, your thoughts about this. Hi there. Um, And even in the um, wake of this horrible tragedy in Texas, the Democrats can't pass up a chance to make themselves seem even more hateful. I heard on the news that um, Democrats are forming a commission to look into the legal authority of this hero border patrol agent who had to come in and shoot the shooter and do what the policeman wouldn't do. But it's going to be questioning his authority to come in and help. Did he have the right? Was it his jurisdiction? Are you serious? By the way, Gail, I did not hear that. You heard Mm -hmm. that. That that is outrageous. Oh, my God. If that is indeed true, that is absolutely, uh, you know, Outrageous. Oh, your station. I'm sure it was your, your one of the earlier shows. That's amazing, Gil. I had not heard that yet. Uh, I hate to say it. I'm not surprised because they seem, I, you know, they are like trying to cover their butts for a lot of stuff here. Don't you notice that? And for some reason, they're already trying to politicize everything because this Gutierrez guy who at first seemed, I thought, kind of reasonable, this Texas center, right away he said, oh, I blame because there's so much mistake. Uh, to go around, I blame Governor Abbott. What about looking at the people on the scene? It seems like he's making excuses for this uh, Arredondo guy who's his friend. I mean, it's like the good old boys network. Give me a break. <laughs> okay. It's outrageous, Gail. It is outrageous. But, Gail, that, I can't believe that. That, to me, you know what? I, I should say I can believe it based on everything else I have seen. Shame on them for thinking of that. And I, I'm just as angry as you are. Thank you for letting me know about that. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Dina in Westchester. Go ahead, Dina. Your thoughts. Yes, hi. Uh, uh, I think America should wake up. It's time to bring a capital punishment back. This way... Uh, because giving the guns to teachers, I believe everybody that has a gun is good. But not to give to teachers is dangerous in a school. Like some kids at home, their parents have a gun, and they take it and use it, you know. So it's not very healthy in the school guns. Uh, and, but and, uh, and capital Dina- punishment, nobody's talking about it. The, the criminals would know that they they would be there is a punishment for them because we don't have enough prisons is that true you know what um well there's a lot of reasons why capital punishment doesn't exist in some states um it does in some states but not in all but like here's a classic case um in new york the buffalo shooter the guy who did that horrible shooting spree at the grocery store in buffalo he is now being charged for the first time in New York history, by the way, uh, with domestic terrorism uh, tied to a hate crime. It's the first time they've actually used that charge in New York City, in New York State. And because of that, there is no capital punishment in New York, um, but he could get mandatory life in prison. Thank God. Can you imagine? 
he might not have gotten mandatory life in prison, even though he killed 10 people if they didn't add that extra charge on it. Um, But a number of states have changed their policy about capital punishment and have not instituted it. And, you know, because of, you know, their philosophy about capital punishment, just like their philosophy about repeat offenders, it, you know, depends on the state and all the circumstances. But I hear what you're saying, Dina, about punishment, because I think criminals need to have the fear in God, of God in them. You know, and I mean it in, in the sense that they have to be so afraid of what the punishment could be um, that, you know, that they won't want to commit the crime. If if something that hangs over like that would be a preventative measure, I'm all for it because I'm telling you, you know, you look at the rap sheet, a lot of these guys, they commit these crimes over and over and over again, and they seem so emboldened. They don't seem scared of the of the judges. They don't seem scared of the justice they may face because in a lot of these states, they're so soft on crime, and they've got these soft on crime DAs and soft on crime judges that it's like a revolving door for them. They almost, uh, you know, they're laughing at it. And you're right. I think something that would, you know, cause a deterrent and throwing the book at somebody, whether it's that or or at least some sort of severe punishment, um, you know, where it's not you're out right away or out in a few weeks or out in a few days or out in a few months or even a year if it's a very serious crime, you know, they they don't. They don't seem to get the message because the judges aren't getting the message. And I agree that there needs to be something that hangs over them very, very much. Uh, Let's go to Mark, line six. Go ahead, Mark, your thoughts real quick. Yes, ma'am. My uh, ex-wife is a teacher. So I will tell you, giving teachers weapons, and this is not a besmirch against my ex-wife. They have enough to do besides figuring out whose soul Good or bad, they are going to eradicate during uh, an invasion of a school. It should not be put on teachers. What, what do you, hey Mark, Mark, what do you think of? And I'm not sure about teachers either. By the way, I'm I'm always very honest with you guys. I'm a little uncomfortable with teachers. I'm much more comfortable with the idea of like former veteran, you know, former military guys, you know, veterans who are trained, and also former, you know. Um, Police. There's a lot of former law enforcement and veterans who would love to be able to protect schools. And these people are trained. What do you think of that? I I could not agree more. I am in the private security business with a full carry permit. And without question, something has to be done. Uh, we need somebody that can respond, not with a 38 going against somebody with an automatic weapon or a semi-automatic in full body armor. The schools have to be protected. And if ex-military would be beyond lovely, ex-cops, the next best option. Yeah, I agree, because at least these are folks who are trained and ready and obviously care about our kids and want, as, as teachers are too, but I agree with you. Um, even though it's your ex-wife, I, I don't believe you have a grudge there, um, but um, as a lot of them do. Um, but I believe that um, clearly um, they do have a lot on their plate. And when that issue happens, if God forbid it happens again, and sadly it will in some school, um, you know, you want them to be watching the kids and taking care of the kids or doing other things or working, you know, passing on messages maybe to the the officer or the veteran. 
um, who has the experience with the gun. Mark, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download all of Red Apple Media's podcasts right now through your favorite podcast platform. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about security in schools and also all the mistakes made in Texas. And now several states, Ohio and Louisiana, joining the list of a number of others, talking about adding teachers to be able to carry guns in schools, saying that they should be able to have it in concealed carry or other forms, but somehow to protect our kids. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jason, line one. Jason, your thoughts. Oh, hey, Rita. How are you? I love your show. Thank you so much for being like one of the most honest people on radio. Thank you. Thank you. What, what do you think, Jason? We just have a little bit of time, but I want to make sure I get your thoughts in. Go ahead. Well, so my thoughts are if teachers, you know, obviously, you know, 90 percent of teachers are going to say like carrying guns in the in the with my with my kids that I'm sensitive with, they're not going to want to do it. But the ones that like make it an elective thing, like if they want to do it and they want to go through their training, isn't that okay? That's a great point, Jason. That's a fabulous point. Give them the option because maybe there are some teachers that have training or want to learn um, and have the skill, maybe even have some military background. And, in fact, in Texas, they say it's 80 hours of training. That's a decent amount of training. But that is a great, great solution. Maybe that, bring in the military guys, bring in the police officers. Then we got a good situation, guys. Listen to this podcast now on the Red Apple Podcast Network.